Oikos Podcast, Sustainability Conversations. Welcome to this podcast from Oikos Case Quarterly. I'm Ludmila Nazarkina, editor. Today, I will be exploring how sustainability can be taught with cases. My guest is Michael Russo, the Charles H. Lundquist Professor of Sustainable Management at the University of Oregon. Michael is an author of several cases on mission-driven companies, including an Oikos Sweden case on seventh generation. Michael is also a noted researcher and an author of an award-winning book published in 2010 entitled Companies on a Mission, Entrepreneurial Strategies for Growing Sustainably, Responsibly and Profitably. We'll begin by asking Michael what makes a good sustainability teaching case. That's a great place to begin. Uh, I think when I look for uh, cases to include in my classes, if there is a clear decision with differing uh, sets of alternatives, uh, that's really valuable for students to have a situation that is managerial in uh, content, but also uh, in which it is not clear what the proper alternative is, so that it forces students to work through different courses of action and outcomes uh, in, in the process of determining what is the best uh, course of action for the company. Uh, so you've got to have enough information to make uh, the decision. If, if you're writing the case, you've got to have obvious information that instructors expect to have in a case. Uh, but what really uh, helps any case is enough numerical uh, information so that uh, students can crunch a few numbers and just get close enough uh, to use those numbers to support a decision. Sometimes the, the decision is all about the numbers and that's fine too, but at least to have something that they can sink, sink their teeth into. Uh, I think the potential to learn about a company or a particular sustainability context is also important. And then finally, you know, if you have a video to back up a case, it's enormously helpful. Uh, you can talk about uh, social entrepreneurship in the developing country, or uh, if you can uh, bring it to the students uh, via video, uh, it personalizes them and uh, reaches out and touches them in a very special way and makes teaching that case uh, much more productive. And what is students' reaction to sustainability challenges? Which cases do they like? You know, uh, it depends on the case, uh, or on the class, I should say. So uh, if it is uh, a class where they've selected themselves in, a uh, sustainability elective, the reactions can be very different than if it's a required class in which sustainability is a, is a component, because students bring a little bit uh, more skepticism there. I think the best teachers uh, in those required classes, they really excite students, and they can motivate them in ways uh, that the students didn't expect to be motivated. And you you see, and, and sometimes those those classes can be more rewarding to teach than the, than the ones where there's an elective because you see the students, you see the aha moment and the idea, wow, I didn't realize that there's so much opportunity wrapped up in the sustainability challenge. I thought this was all about, you know, the government beating on me, telling me what I can't do, but in point of fact, 
there is tremendous opportunity there. Uh, in terms of uh, specifics, I've had wonderful success with so many cases. Uh, people love the acid rain case because students can do a cash flow analysis that brings them to a, uh, a discussion of what the best alternative is. But what makes that case exciting is that they can also review the assumptions that go into the analysis itself and find out, for example, what happens when you change the discount rate within this cash flow analysis. Uh, we just did a case on uh, Millipore, which is a, uh, uh, a medical uh, device company. And this was very interesting because they were able to uh, get into the case and talk about change within uh, the organizational context. Because many cases lack that uh, insight component and students really don't get an idea of what's going on inside the case. Uh, and also a case for which uh, the the proper course of action is not clear. Uh, and then finally, uh, I have to uh, nominate my, my uh, case on seventh generation, which I, I enjoy and uh, is in use in uh, you know in, in a number of continents. I think there's it, it's been used in like 85 or 90 separate classes, and so it's a thrill to have people in so many places using a case. And it's fun, and you never know what you're going to get in a case analysis. That's what's, what's exciting about it. If you're a control freak, you can't teach cases because there's no way to control it. Uh, and, you know, many of the attributes in number one, I think the students also like, they like to see a video, they like numbers, they like uh, where they can sink their teeth into it. Uh, I don't, I haven't had great success with really short cases. Once in a while you can, but I like to provide enough information to them so that the students really feel as though they know something about the situation. The less that they have to speculate, the less that their answers when, when you ask them a question begin with, well, we don't really know, but if, if we, you know, we have to speculate and fill in the gaps, that's a sign that the case doesn't have enough information. No case is truly com complete. Uh, all cases have uh, information that at some level conflicts, but uh, as, as a rule, I like meaty cases. In order to get students interested in sustainability, which other types of teaching may be complementary or even better than case teaching? Uh, our experience at Oregon has been uh, unique. We've got uh, an MBA concentration in sustainable uh, business practices. And it's really fascinating to get the students working with real companies. Uh, so we have, uh, as we term it, experiential learning. And in several of the cases, the students will be uh, assigned to a, to a real life business uh, situation. And they will go out and work with companies on a pressing issue that companies face at that point. And so we're very careful about uh, selecting these uh, these cases. And then there's some students have some degree of choice uh, into which case uh, they'll be assigned sign into which group. Uh, it's important for us to, when we work with a company, for that company to have an individual that there's one point of, con point of contact and also that that person's committed. But we've had tremendous uh, luck with this in about the last uh, 10 years. And I think one of the reasons at Oregon that we have had that success is that managing this process of experiential learning, uh, contacting companies, eliciting projects, determining, uh, scoping them so that there, so 
that they're just the right scope for a, for a 10 week class and then we do some where it's, two, uh, where it's 20 weeks. That in and of itself is a skill and I think that we, we have some pretty deep capabilities in that type of outreach and engagement with business and it works for everybody. Uh, it works for the faculty member in terms of uh, getting them out from behind the computer monitor in with companies and of course it works tremendously for students who have the opportunity to go out and, and put on their resume that they worked with a company on an actual project, had an outcome, uh, and it works for the companies. I mean, their uh, Keen Footwear uh, is a is a company that uh, prides itself on its sustainability mission. And a few years ago, they found out <laughs> that uh, the, the messages they were getting from people is their marketing, uh, their, their their marketing of their sustainability was outpacing their documentation. So they came to us and said, "How can we begin to to just get our hands around and uh, you know somehow quantify what our, what our what we've done on sustainability. And so our students work with them on their very first uh, global reporting initiative project. And it was tremendously successful all the way around. Uh, and uh, we worked with them on successive years. So uh, two years in a row we worked with them. And it was great to see that uh, that report made. And it, it helped everybody involved, not the least of which was the company. And of course the students then went on with that skill. And those students then were able to go to whatever company and walk in there and say, I can do it, you know, I can lead uh, the effort to create a sustainability report. I know, I know where to go, where to get information, uh, what questions to ask, uh, and what the issues are going to be in this particular uh, industry and for this particular organization. I guess this is really time consuming to set up a service learning program. So if we now go back to cases, how do you find good sustainability cases? You got to read an awful lot of cases. Uh, for every case you teach, you, uh, you might read five to ten. Uh, I find that good teaching notes are uh, critical but not mandatory. Uh, that it is important for you to understand the case well enough to uh, not, at some level, not need the notes at all. But they are they are typically very helpful. And I go to the usual places. I go to Oikos. I go to IV. I go to Harvard Business School. Uh, IMD has some uh, some cases, and uh, I think it's a European case clearinghouse. So uh, yeah, there are a number of places to find these. But uh, what's very important is to read them carefully. And you never really know the case until you teach. When you go in, it's very hard to read this case as deeply as you're going to read it right before you teach it, but you want to know that there are several important aspects, and you want to know in your mind where this course is going to go in your class and what goals it's going to serve. Okay, I'm going to teach this case, and, at the, uh, and the students are going to under understand full cost accounting. The students are going to understand uh, environmental differentiation, and this case is, is great. It's also, I think, increasing increasingly apparent to me that you teach the cases as a, as a collection so that you go into a case understanding that each case brings its own value but as a collective whole they all relate to each other so that some learning can come from comparing and contrasting uh, 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 firms in the same area. So when we do seventh generation, we do coastwide laboratories, which does cleaning and supply, but in janitorial and commercial. And so two different markets, two different kind of companies, but you can compare and contrast those two in a way that really promotes learning. Well, we'll finalize this discussion by asking Michael what he learned about sustainability while teaching with cases. 
you know, I'm continuing to learn every day when I teach these cases. And I, and I tell my students, and, and it's not, uh, I'm not making it up, that if I'm not a little bit nervous walking into the classroom, <laughs> that that's when I quit teaching. That's when I retire. But I think, you know, what strikes me is the value of passion uh, all the way around, the, the value of uh, passionate beliefs on the part of top managers, uh, the value of uh, a passionate individual at a lower level of the organization that takes an initiative and runs with it. And, and you know, the, the, the value of people at the top willing to, willing to change, willing to learn from people that are several levels of management below them uh, and not making it come up all the way through, through, through the uh, you know, levels. Uh, to, to make the case in business terms, uh, I don't usually use the phrase, what's the business case for sustainability? Because as Paul Hawkins says, what's the business case for non-sustainability? <laughs> but to make the case in business terms so that people understand that it is more than some uh, cost producing diversion that is going to add cost and, and complexity to management, that in point of fact, it's a pivot point around which uh, you can pursue a competitive advantage. Uh, you know, we, what have we learned about, you know, we have, we have unlimited imagination and that's essential to bring to bear to the problems. I, I, the problem with many modern organizations is they're not resource bound, as, as C.K. Prahalada said, they're imagination bound. And how do we get out from under that in organizational terms and unleash the innovative capability uh, that these organizations embody? Uh, you know, sustainability is a, a, just a wonderful way to, uh, you know, empower employees and uh, galvanize commitments uh, both to causes and to organizations. Thank you very much for joining us today. This was a podcast with Michael Russo by Oikos Case Quarterly. Oikos Case Collection and other case-related materials can be found at our website, www.oikosinternational.org. Oikos Sustainability Conversations.